The following program contains language and subject matter that is adult in nature. Discretion is advised. Okay, there we go. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. It was a time when all fought hard and proud. Aye, I remember it well. It was the Battle of McLeod. How are you, Sarah? I'm really good, thanks. I've come good. I was upset before I about know. The, the negative feedback. No, well, I'm kidding. You had a bit of a tanty at some of your own answers, to be honest. So I've you been can't crying in the bathroom. Yeah, I'm ringing me up at four in the morning. I've changed my mind. It's too late. It's gone to air. <laughs> okay, you ready for tonight? Yes. Foo Fighters versus Muse. Muse. I'm going to take Muse too. Wow, I can't believe that you've said that. Okay, out there now. This is lovely to hear because I think Foo Fighters are great. Yeah. And I think they were great and they've, they've written some really good songs. Really tough, tight band, good singer, mm. the, the whole package, everything. But I think that they have now, they're churning out the same stuff over and over and it's getting super vanilla. I'm really over it. Whereas Muse, I feel like, are still pushing the boundaries. They're coming up with really creative, exciting shit and they think differently. They're not middle of the road rock and roll. They're not painting by numbers. Better singer too. Mainly for the creativity factor, I'm going Muse, 100%. I'm taking Muse, even though they are derivative, but as I said, with Dave Grohl, I mean, sure, he's a nice guy, and he's the nicest guy in rock, but, you know, Foo Fighters to me, and Dave Grohl turns up on everybody's record as well. I mean, there's nothing dangerous to me about Dave. There is nothing dangerous about Dave Grohl. Yeah, maybe in the old days, not so much now. You know, everyone's going to hate us now. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to hate me for everything I've said so far. This is a career-ruining segment. (laughs) Let's not give any tour dates out. We're going to (laughs) be... I still love you all. <laughs> Foo Fighters v Muse. We're taking Muse. One triple three five three. See, the thing about music is, and you've probably seen this in the Olympics, it's a great opportunity to pump up people, and they often come out there with their headphones on. I notice a couple of things in the Olympics tomorrow that I'm kind of interested in as well, the boxing mostly. But I tell you what I like, Sammy X, the American swimmers when they come out in their tracksuits, which are more like uh, parkas or, you know, like trench coats. Have you Long seen them? coats. They I look good. It. They do look good, and they come out with their mirrored shades on and their shiny rubber helmets, and that's the Americans in particular. They look fantastic. They you know? do look good. And they've got their headphones on, they're getting down with their Dr. Dre beats, and I'm wondering what they're listening to, and I found out, apparently, because they're all listening to music that's going to get them pumped up for gold, right? But the one that a lot of them are listening to is this. And I can see how that could happen, not my cup of tea, but this would make me want to win it for Australia. Not saying that, you know... If I was out there doing it for Australia, I would particularly make that my music of choice. To be honest with you, if I was out there winning gold for Australia, I'd probably have this on my iPod. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Australia! There I am, me and and Phelps. I'm kicking his ass in the pool. Still swimming with my iPod on. Ugly Phil brings it home for Australia. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm asking you this on one triple three five three. What would be the ultimate pump up track? What's yours, by the way? Well, you know what? When I want to get pumped up for a big day, I always listen to Wolf Mother, Victorious. Yeah, that's pretty good. I it's like that as song. well. Let's open up the phone on that. Alex reckons he could get uh, the gold medal for Australia whilst listening to Corrosion of Conformity, Vote with a Bullet, or any Metallica. Richie used to skydive, listening to Great Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Chris says Disturbed, just stop as well. That's great. Or Down with the Sickness, that'd be good too. And Dave Pennywise as well. And Zach, talking about songs that you'd put on your headphones while you're getting ready to win the Olympic gold medal for Australia. It's got to be uh, Gold on the Ceiling by the Black Keys. Yeah, that's pretty good too. Or even Lonely Boy, that'd be a good one as well. <laughs> Lonely in the pool, yeah. And would you be yelling, get ready for the Zach attack? Or maybe you just hang up after that. Hey, Brendan, how are you? Yeah, real good, yourself? Which one? Which Faith No More song? It has to be, without a doubt. Where the cheerleaders come out and they start singing, be aggressive. Be aggressive. B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E. I don't even know that song. I feel like I'm so out of the loop, man. What's wrong with me? Roll it up. It's awesome. Be aggressive. Fake no more. You got it. What are you thinking, Brad? Uh, it's going to be Black Sabbath, Bill. I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Yeah, brilliant. Especially if you're doing the javelin throw. <laughs> Dave, how are you? What's it going to be? Uh, Ramstein, do us. Oh, do us! And of course, That's if you nice. knew the lyrics as well. Do, do us, Nick. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. <laughs> You've set up an alarm. <laughs> Peter, what's it going to be? I've been Hail to the King. Or the Bat Song as well. That would also be good. Oh, beautiful, mate. Something, yeah, something going for it. But Hail to the King. Because I'm going to be king, I'm going to win. Come on, Australia. Go, go. Hello, Bree. How are you? Good, thank you. Which one do you like? Uh, Breaking Benjamin's I Will Not Bow. I Will Not Bow. Isn't that great? What a terrific song. It really is. It gets me pumping for whatever I'm doing, gym, work, whatever. Love it. What do you got there, Jamie? Got to be Guns N' Roses Civil War. You can try and tell the man, but the man sometimes just won't listen. (laughs) And one more. Cheryl, how are you? Hi, good, thanks. How are you? Uh, You're up on the starting blocks. You're ready to go. You've got the vibe. What's the song? Uh, Learn to Fly by Foo Fighters. Brilliant. Of all the Foo Fighters songs, that's definitely the best for the pump, I think. Oh, yeah. It's motivating. It's fun. It's just, yeah, yeah, definitely gets you pumped up. Feel the burn, Cheryl. Okay. Before, if you missed it, we were talking about pump-up songs to get you in the mood for something like winning a gold medal for Australia at the Olympics. Somebody suggested Du Hast by Rammstein. Sammy X said that the version that that guy did was rubbish, and now she wants to prove that she has the best Rammstein in town. So let's see how we go with Peter. How are you? There you go. So we've got ourselves a Stein off. We're going to stay off. Okay, here's the thing. She's come in here. She's brought her laptop in here, and she's just taken off her jacket, and she's had a drink of water. Uh, you took umbrage by the way she dissed you a moment ago, right? <laughs> yes, she did. Right, okay. Well, you start then. Do. Do hot. Do hot, bitch. I feel like it lacks a bit of passion there, Peter. I don't think you're probably <laughs> going to be the greatest Rammstein representative we've had no, so not, far. I don't want to scream into the phone, otherwise it might be a bit too blurred. No, it might be it'll help. Try a bit of that. Do, 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 do
Yeah, I think you've got her. Oh, my money's on you. All right, go on, oh, Sammy X. Thanks, Phil. I studied A level German. Doesn't help if your hair's not on fire. Let's do okay, it. ready? I'm ready. Do. Do us. Do us. me. Sammy X, apologise to Peter and apologise to all of the Rubber Room listeners. No! I apologise to everyone, though. We might have been in Mr. Inappropriate, if you wouldn't mind. Super Jesus? I'm also a fan of the Virgin Mary. Really? The Super Jesus on the Rubber Room. Well, it's good to have you here talking about your band as well, although the Battle of McLeod is going very, very well. Yeah, I think that we should make this a regular gig. I'm into it. Yeah, I thought you might be as yeah, well. and I'm learning a lot. It's like a free survey. Yes. You get to find out what people like, and then we can tailor our careers accordingly. I'd like to say <laughs> that perhaps the Battle of McLeod is the only working census in this country. <laughs> it's the only working sentence in this competition. I like it, too. It's a competition in itself. So I love the new song, too. When was that written? And tell me about it, and tell me about the EP, which is out. Yeah, the EP's out. It's been how long? 13 years. No, is it? Yeah, I think so. 13 years since our last recording. Yeah. Wow. It's been 13 years since our last confession, so yeah. <laughs> okay. let's open the lines There's now. There's a lot to absolve. <laughs> <laughs> How much time have you on your hands? Yeah, there you go. 13 years. <laughs> so Love and Violence was actually the first song that we wrote of all of the new songs. Right. So it was um, 2013, we did our first show at the Governor Highmarsh. And in, then Adelaide? Adelaide. in Adelaide? In yeah. Adelaide. We thought we'd just do one show and see, A, if we still liked each other, and B, if the audience liked us. Mm, yeah. Both boxes were ticked. Good. Um, <laughs> Thank some you, Carrie Ann. Some with more enthusiasm than others. <laughs> that was our own census. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we started writing, and Love and Violence was the first song to be completed of all of the tracks written in our new uh, millennium. Yeah, it's a great song. It's great, very thanks. fresh, too. I hate Thank to you. use that word, but I mean that in the nice way. It's just because you haven't way. heard it before. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been hearing snippets of it on the rubber room, funnily enough. That's a good song. That is a good song. Prior to that, I just, with jury was out, and then I heard it on the radio, and it worked on me, and I thought, if it works on me, my God, it'll work on everyone. Do you know what it reminded me of, or the era? It had a 70s feel to it, I thought. Really? Uh, you know, 70s punky feel about oh, it. Oh, yeah, maybe that's because it's. we usually do slower, half-time, kind mm, of dirgy bit of a tracks. Groovy. Yeah, we're always slow and groovy, whereas this one we went more four-on-the-floor punk. Yeah, I like it. And is we that... are a little bit punk sometimes. Well, you can be. I mean, look at his hair, can. for God's sake. Yeah. So is this indicative of what we can hear on the EP? Is it all going to be a bit like this? Actually, no. It's, okay. kind of, it's quite diverse. Yeah, it is really, pretty isn't? diverse. And we've spent... How long did we take doing this EP? Not really that long at all. No, no. Now, there is a tour coming up, right? Yeah, we go out in October. Right, okay. So all throughout October, we'll be playing around the country. And, and we're taking out the art with us yep. and Moon, who's Steve Balby from Noiseworks' band Moon. Okay. We're doing, yeah. I think, just a handful of shows, and the art are doing the whole national tour. Great. And KJ from the art is touring nationally with me now, acoustically, on the Alone and Unplugged tour. So we're going out there and setting the tour up gently together, yeah. and then we bring in the, the men, and then the actual tour will occur. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you so much, guys. You're listening to the Rubber Room Podcast. You can listen to us weeknights, 7 to 10 p.m. on Triple M. Hey, I don't know if you know, but Panic at the Disco have done a cover of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, um, which I think was on the Suicide Squad soundtrack. Have a listen. Pretty close to the original. So here's what I'm thinking. 
There are songs that you cannot cover, and that's one of them. Can you think of any more? Give me a ring here, one triple three five three. Apart from that, any other songs that should never be covered? Dave, am I right? How are you? Do it for yourself. What have you got? It has been covered before, but it should never have been covered, and it should never be covered again, is KSR. By Cold Chisel? Who did that? Absolutely. Oh, um... It wasn't like uh, one of those Cafe Del Mar sort of easy listening, smooth versions that they do. No, it was by this uh, female singer who did a really pitchy, horrible job of it as well. Leave our music alone! I know. If you find out who it was, or if anybody knows, let me know and I'll have a listen to it just to see how bad it is. Oh, no, seriously, once you hear it, you cannot unhear it. Yeah, okay, but maybe the lesson needs to be learnt from all of us that that happened under our watch. That's one of those Australian songs that should never, ever be done again. I hear you, mate. And another one would be Bad Boy for Love, Rose Tattoo. Don't know if you really want to cover any Rose Tattoo songs, but hey, that's personal choice. What about you, Stuart? What do you think? I think you should never, ever cover up anything by AC. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody do that. Have you heard one? No, never, but I don't want to ever see one in the future either. No, you're absolutely right. There are certain things that shouldn't be messed with. Secret ingredients in the KFC bun and ACDC. Yeah, ACDC especially. I hear you, Stuart. Thanks, man. If you go to the Rubber Room Facebook page, you'll be able to see the photos of Billy Talent and all of the gear that they've got as they prepare for their rubber band performance live tonight. Have a look at it. Have a look at all of the gear. I've never seen more gear except maybe backstage at a Metallica gig at a big arena. Roman's on the phone. Let me run this idea by you. Lingerie for dudes. How's it going, Roman? Everything's been going really, really well. Sales are great, and I'm excited about what's to come. So to speak. And so what's the hottest selling item at the moment? It's actually not a surprise, for me at least, because one of my favorite pieces from the brand is our sports short. One comes in lace, but we also offer it in satin. And um, the satin sports short has probably been one of the best selling items actually over the past week. And so what colors are they coming? Well, everything is offered in black. All dark, all sultry, sexy, black, lace, satin, and silk. Now, let me ask you about that, because a lot of men may find it, uh, you know, a little bit uh, uncomfortable to put on something like satin or silk. Do you have anything that comes in rubber? Um, no, but who's to say what's to come? So what do you have in the range? Basically, we have everything that you would think of that would be considered, like, underwear, loungewear, nightwear, pajamas. Do you have any themes as well? Do you have the fireman, the cop, the construction? Worker. No, no themes. Just satin, lace, and silk. All regular men's loungewear materials. And so who is buying this? Are women buying this for their husbands and for their partners? It was interesting to find a lot of women purchasing for one from the start, but then also um, it would either be like their best friend or their boyfriend. So do you think the majority of your market are straight guys or gay guys? I want to say from my experience so far, it's, it's straight women who are either buying for their you know boyfriend or husband or maybe their gay best friend. And so what are some of the names in the range that you've got because you mentioned the sports one what else have you got we have the low rise brief we have the boxer brief and we have the cycle short 
those we offer individually and as a three-pack. But besides that, we have the lace button-up shirt. We have lace tank top. We have joggers for men. We have a track short. Uh, we have just like a regular satin pant to go along with everything. The satin robe has been something that a lot of people are enjoying now. What's the website, Roman? The website is www.bymenagerie.com. Going to open up the phones and see how people feel about this as well. It was truly a pleasure. I appreciate it. Okay, one triple three five three. Sammy X, I don't know about you. Well, he said a lot of girls are buying it for their boyfriends. Would your boyfriend wear some sexy silk or satin lingerie for men? I would like to hope so, yes. Oh, yeah, okay, right. Okay. Yeah, why not? Because I would feel slightly, I don't know, emasculated if I had it. I mean, No, I it's feel, sophisticated. No, I'd feel a bit like Burt Reynolds, a kind of mid-50s Burt Reynolds <laughs> with my satin robe on, drinking a martini with just a hint of eyeliner as well. Okay, phones are open for both men and women. Would you as a man wear it? Would you as a woman buy it for your partner? James, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? What do you think? You going to put it on or not? No way. Not even if my wife bought it for me, I would never do it. You know what? If there was a fireman's outfit or, I don't know, something like that, you know, the construction worker. Well, I'm a builder, so, I mean, I wouldn't even (laughs) wear my tool belt like Flora. Never. Do you know what gets it for me? It's the satin thing. It's the lace thing. Oh, no way. (laughs) She can wear it all she wants. Yeah, oh, that's cool. I hear you now. (laughs) But not for me, no But you know what? Even if it was rubber or leather, I'd certainly can consider it. Oh, come on, Phil. Really? Yeah, of course I would. It's just the satin and the lace thing that somehow for me just isn't cutting through. Now I've got a mental picture of you in some sort of rubber suit. (laughs) We're not called the rubber roof for nothing. Exactly. Stuff, what do you reckon? Would you put it on? Uh, No, not a bloody chance at hell. What about if it was leather? Nah, still not a chance. Me, tank top, trackies, that'll do me just fine. Oh, stop it, man. You're turning me on. (laughs) <laughs> okay, what about if it was a tracksuit, tracky pants, right, or stubbies and a singlet made of satin and silk? No, nah, still not a chance. I prefer the old school stubbies and singlet. And how long have you been single for? Me, I'm not single at all. <laughs> <laughs> On the Twitter, Jake reckons he prefers his amazing Spider-Man underpants when we're talking about lingerie for men. As long as those are spider webs, I guess. And James said on Facebook he would like Sammy X to wear a G-string. What's exactly he saying? No, he wonders if I would like a man to wear a G-string. Oh, was that what that was? Yeah, and he doesn't want to see me in a G-string. Right, okay. Really? It's a bit awkward now, isn't it? I don't know where to go. (laughs) Oh, I know. Hey, there's a new David Brent movie. That's Ricky Gervais' character. The new movie is called David Brent, Life on the Road. It's in Australian cinemas on August 26th, and there's a soundtrack. By the lakeside, just south of Didcot. I spied an angel just standing there She was a traveller but she was pretty and clean She was in the water washing her hair I lost my heart to a lady gypsy So that's a new Ricky Gervais movie about David Brent from The Office and the soundtrack features Andy Burroughs from Razorlight who worked with Ricky Gervais on the soundtrack. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Are you in the film? I am. It's insane. So you play the drummer? I play the drummer um, and they changed my surname from Burroughs to Burford. (laughs) Did you ask why that happened or did you just go, yeah, fair enough? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's my first acting job so I just went with it. Was Ricky in character as David Brent? He was very much Ricky soon as the cameras stop rolling. It's a fine line. I wasn't sure whether or not he'd be doing some kind of method acting and staying in the character the whole time. 
<laughs> no, what he would do is he's very good at just making everybody laugh to the point where it makes it very difficult to shoot any kind of scene. There was no technique there. He just turned it on and off. <laughs> so what was the songwriting collaborations like? Did he come up with the ideas? Yeah, I mean, on the whole, I think all of the songs are songs that he's had kicking around since The Office first uh, came out. My involvement was more sort of trying to knock the songs, which were just sort of short scraps on his phone. We collaborated on a couple in terms of songwriting. So when you say it was on his phone, did he have sort of some kind of vocal thing on the phone and he gave that to you or was there instrumentation behind it? You know, he would just throw me a uh, him singing with his acoustic guitar and send them over. It was great fun actually because it was a good period of two years before we knew we were doing the film um, and he would just send me these little demos which are scraps and then I would do one, I would send them back to him with backing vocals on and stuff. It was a really good fun phase because he really enjoyed receiving these kind of like slightly souped up but still a little bit rough around the edges demos and we just spent a year just knocking those backwards and forwards until we had full arrangements of all the songs ready for the album and then he suddenly announced that we were going to be making a film and it was like wow (laughs) (laughs) and so when Lady Gypsy the beginning of that came together and he explained to you that it was a folk ballad in which he loses his virginity to a traveller did you have any idea where you were going to go with that? I think it was one of my happiest days Um, (laughs) hearing that song what I loved about it is that it said to me that where we were going was somewhere I'd definitely never been before and um, you know it was David Brent in full force I mean Lady Gypsy is just we, that was one song because a lot of the audience at the early shows we did in London at the Bloomsbury Theatre a lot of the audience you know were left quite confused early on because they didn't know as you are with The Office or with David Brent you know it's like are we supposed to like this is this him sort of fulfilling a long term rock star dream or is this actually funny it wasn't until we got to Lady Gypsy because of the lyrics that actually everybody just fell about you know, completely lost it in the theatre, fell about laughing, and we knew we were onto a winner with that track. I mean, that's the genius of both him and that character. You know, I remember the first time I ever watched The Office when I came home from the pub one night, and I remember not knowing whether this was for real or whether it was joke, and it wasn't. And I think it was much the same for all of us when of we course. first ever saw it. I'm sure there are people out there who still think The Office was uh, some kind of a documentary. Absolutely. I think there definitely are, and that's hilarious. Life on the Road, the debut album from David Brent and the foregone conclusion. It has a sort of almost a touch of tangible dream about that title, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it absolutely does. And he'd love that. He'd love to hear you say that. <laughs> I'd like to think that oh, I could I'm make absolutely. Ricky Gervais laugh. I absolutely will. I mean, it's great at the moment because we're talking all the time and we're doing radio sessions together and doing interviews together. And it's funny because I don't think in a million years I ever imagined that I'd be sitting with him doing all this stuff. It's, you know, yeah, of course. I will be sure to pass on your reference. Please do. <laughs> Andy, really nice to talk to you. So look forward to seeing you in the film. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. And the film is David Brandt, Life on the Road, and it's in the cinemas in Australia from August 26th. How are you, Gazzo? Oh, shit, mate. <laughs> really? That bad? That burst in my eardrum. Oh, it's my fault. Right, okay. It's your fault. My fault you drank all weekend and didn't take care of your liver. <laughs> so, Green Day, the new album, it's going to be out. It reflects fear and anger at the US presidential election, according to well, Billy Bob. that and mass shootings and the crap that's going on there at the moment, including selfie obsession. Well, Billy Bob said, I use a lot of metaphor. I blow things out. However, I'm optimistic about the future. And he's four years sober, too. This is the longest time we've had to wait for a Green Day album. Although Billy Bob did say the album will be out a bit later on this year. Mm-hmm. Are you going to pick me up for calling him Billy Bob, or should I just keep doing it and you're just going to ignore it? Just keep it? doing it. Yeah, okay. just, I've learned to ignore you over the years. You and all of the listeners. Yeah. Hey, I am Ben. I'm John. This is Ian. And this is Aaron. And we're from the band Billy Talent. This next song is about believing in the power of rock and roll music. Hi. Hey. How the hell are you? 
Ryan. So we're just discussing what's an Olympic sport and what isn't. And I know golf is because I turned on the TV last night. I love golf. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. I'm so happy. Yeah, Graham Dillette <laughs> supposedly uh, shot like really good on the front nine. I don't know how he did in the, in the end, but yeah. And what about jousting? Did you know the jousting? <laughs> jousting. Yeah. Wow. You're lying. No, I'm not. I'm serious is, yeah. as boldness. Like, trust me. <laughs> 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 so there you go. Hey, welcome to Australia. The last time Thank I think you, you were you. here, from my memory, was Soundwave 2013. Would that be right? That, yeah, that, that was the last time we were. The tour was always fun. Yeah, it's sad to see it go. Yeah, and you did some sideshows as well, I think, on that. We did. Tour. Yeah. Yeah. It's when we met Duff. That's yeah. right. And yeah. Duff came down and hung out and yeah. saw the show, which was really cool. Yeah, I forgot that he was actually there, and I went to go and find somebody in, in the eating area. I turned around, and there was Duff, and I've gone, <laughs> are they playing? Hey. I mean, and then yeah, I was yeah. trying to think, which incarnation of his band was actually there? I think it was lo- yeah, loaded. Was yeah. Loaded, yeah. Really nice guy. <laughs> okay, so Afraid of Heights is out. It's number one in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Austria, mm-hmm. Canada, obviously, mm-hmm. you'd want that, right? Uh, Germany as mm-hmm. well. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. <laughs> it's crazy, it's man. It's, it's, it's a trip. We just get uh, these random emails telling us where the album has been. It's something that yeah. we really kind of don't focus on. We're too busy trying to get lights from Brisbane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're too busy trying to get our bags. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking forward to the live tracks you're going to do as well. I've never seen so much equipment in one Oh, is there a lot of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tends to happen sometimes. Yeah, there's yeah. a shitload. I was watching the video for um, Louder Than The DJ, and I know you did a homage to CBGBs. You wanted people to turn up dressed as members of the Ramones, and, you know, I saw some Clash references there as well, Bad Brains. How did that go? Did you get a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it ended up turning out really well. We shot it at the uh, Bovine Sex Club, which is like an old punk rock bar that's been around for about 25 years in Toronto, and a super fun show, like Christmas lights and pieces of metal everywhere on the walls. Loads (laughs) of fans who obviously got into the mood as well. Did you ever go to CBGBs? Did you ever get to Yeah, we played there a few times. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, we played there quite a bit. Tiny. Yeah, it's small. You don't expect yeah. it when you get in there. You're expecting this massive place, yeah, you know? Yeah, There's this tiny little place. No, it's a, yeah. We, we, filthy. We played yeah, there. filthy. Yeah. We played there with Boys Night Out yeah. back in like 2004. That's right. Or wow. How do, how do you remember that? Well, I found the most fascinating thing about CBGBs was the walls. They were so thick with flyers and posters yeah. that it was like a sponge. I remember having to use the washroom and there was no oh, there was toilet. A toilet <laughs> with no stall. It's yeah, like a no running river underneath nothing. it. And yeah, that's like, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Zero so, privacy. Shit in the hole. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you use a, a different approach to the latest album to what you did with Dead Silence? Because there was a bit of hiatus there as well. Did you have a different approach to the recording of this? Yeah, I think every, with every record we make, you just want to make it sound bigger and better than the last one. And and this one definitely, you know, we, we never recorded a full record in Toronto where we, we all lived. So it was the first uh, record that was completely done in Toronto. A lot of these songs were written over the course of like three to four years almost, so there was a, a lot of pre-production and, and demos done for them, and yeah. and I think that really contributed to the end result being you know, a lot better than we expected. Congratulations with the new album. I really like the artwork that you've got on this latest album as well, Afraid of Heights. Where did that come from? This guy, uh, Igor Hofbauer, he's an illustrator. He's a comic book illustrator. Right, okay. He's from Zagreb, Croatia. And uh, we just thought his style really, really suited the what we wanted to go for with this album. Yeah, it's like almost like Eastern European propaganda it style is, yeah. poster. And every piece that he did for the record uh, really just told the story of the song in one piece. It was pretty amazing. How did you go with Guns N' Roses? Was that a one-off show? Yeah, it was. Uh, we were on tour doing a whole bunch of festivals in Europe, and we got an email saying that Guns wants us to open for them. It, it's the biggest stadium in Toronto where we're from. So that was kind of mind-blowing to be asked. The show was great. We approached 
approached it with a little bit of trepidation just because, you know, it's GNR fans just want to see GNR. But no, it was a great show. It was very magical. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we think it might have been because of Australia and us meeting Duff and hanging out with him a couple of times oh. that he might have put a good word in for us. Or, right. Because well, yeah. it's kind of random. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. And, and did you get any grief from the fans? Were they totally? No, they were awesome. No, they were yeah, awesome. yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was yeah, really, really. A lot really, of love from the fans. There was. And a lot of love yeah. after, too, like, yeah. you know, from people who weren't expecting like anything that really enjoyed the show so that was cool The Love Cloud, an exclusive and professional aircraft sightseeing concierge company They're located in Las Vegas in Nevada. The great thing about this is they will allow you to have sex in their plane. That's right, Andy's on the phone in Vegas. So 33,000 feet and a bit of the nasty. I wouldn't call it the nasty, but you know, it's, it's just what everybody does, you know. It, it, it may be behind closed doors, but you know, it depends upon where you want to take it. Yeah, of course. Well, I was going to bring in all kinds of things like it brings you meaning to the cockpit. Let's keep it above the ground. Sure thing. So this is for people who are celebrating a wedding or an anniversary, birthday, Valentine's Day, special occasion. It is usually for, you know, a special occasion, but a lot of people just come for fun. You know, it's, a, it's interesting the demographic that we have as our customers because 70% of our customers are actually women. Really? Yeah, yeah, to spice up the romance, to do things differently, of course, because here's the thing. If you go to your wife and say, hey, honey, do you want to join the Mile High Club? It could backfire. Oh, for sure. But if your wife goes to you and says, hey, honey, do you want to join the Mile High Club? He's going to go, well, should we use the American Express or the Visa? You know, he's gonna, <laughs> which credit card do you want me yeah, to exactly. use? Yeah, you know? exactly. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. like, no, honey, that sounds like a horrible idea. I don't want to have any fun. And it's usually people between the ages of 30 to 50, maybe even, you know, get older people as well that are, you know, celebrating 35, 45. We actually had a couple celebrate their uh, 52nd wedding anniversary. Every flight is definitely unique in some sort of way. I mean, yeah, some are crazy, but a lot of them are actually kind of special. I mean, you can see that it really helps some couples and their lives because I've even had couples that I asked them, you know, why did you book the flight or how did you hear about us? And one couple said, you know what, to escape reality. Well, let's talk about the inside of the plane. So it's a twin-engine pressurized aircraft. Does it have a bed in there or do the seats recline? Oh, absolutely. No, you know, if you go on our website, lovecloudvegas.com, we show you pictures of the back. It's basically the size of a twin mattress. So if you think about a twin mattress, it's about that size, just a little bit shorter than that. But again, you do have some spread room. You do have the seats. But again, we have a little bar area in the back. We also have a light and sound system. So you can hook up your music from your iPhone. Even, you know what, I like Richard Branson, but he's not going to have this on Virgin Airways. No, well, it wouldn't be called Virgin (laughs) in that case. But, you know, when it comes to music as well, of course, Mrs. Ugly is going to want to take along some Beyonce or uh, maybe some Barry White. But for me, it's Metallica. So it's good that I get to choose the music of making love. Oh, nice. Nice little battery action. <laughs> and I noticed that you fly over places like Red Rock Canyon and Hoover Dam and also the Strip during the daytime and then at night, you know, the low pass over the Vegas Strip. But I wonder how many people will actually be looking out the window. You know what? I do say that because people ask me all the time and I say, yeah, you know, it is a scenic tour. However, most of you are not going to be looking out. And you know, the great thing about this as well is if I can get a bit of turbulence for a little bit of uh, extra leverage, I'll be happy with that. We'll throw that in for free. What's the website? <laughs> Lovecloudvegas.com. So check us out. Thank you so much for your time, Andy. All right. You guys have a good one down there. Good to touch you, man. Ah. 
Tonight, the battle of McLeod. Sarah McLeod and I have both chosen Muse over the Foo Fighters. I know the Rubber Room Facebook page is going off on this. I'll have a look at that in a sec, but let's go to the phone first. Katie, who are you taking? I'm going Dave Grohl. Like, I am a total fan of Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters. I think he's amazing. Um, Foo Fighters, don't get them wrong about coming back with a, a soundtrack that sounds similar. I think it's all about coming back to it their original sound. Yeah, I guess so. I think maybe we were saying that, you know, Dave Grohl just turns up on everything now and that the Foo Fighters, their stuff is starting to sound a bit samey. It does, but it just brings it back to who they are. And um, I I totally agree with the sound. I I love it. Shane, who are you taking, buddy? Uh, Mr Phil, look, unfortunately, I would have said Phoeys up until the last three, four years, man. They've just gone beige and cream and off-white. I love them live, they're awesome, but yeah, they're just too much same, same, just got what you guys were saying. How are you, Justin? Who are you going for? Uh, Muse. And why is that? I think they're just, uh, they're a bit bit more modern, I guess. They're not sort of scared to change. Uh, the Foo Fighters have just sort of stayed the same. Cash, good to talk to you, buddy. Who are you going to take out of these two? Mate, Muse. Absolutely. It's going in that direction. I would tell Sarah, there is nothing she could do or say that would make me hate her. <laughs> I agree with her totally. But seriously, no one's going to hate her for saying that because she's right. How are you, Matt? Who are you going for? I'm really good, Phil. Uh, with Matt Bowie, Matt has to be news. While he shares your name, do you share a similar passion for music? Oh, I do, mate. I love it. It's, uh, it's my outreach for sure. And one more. Lay. Do you lay down and enjoy the foos? Yes, I do. Yes. Why are they better than Muse? Oh, look, it's I love Muse. They're fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but... I think as far as, you know, sort of uh, contemporary bands go, like, you know, everyone sort of looked up to the likes of Led Zeppelin or Akadaka. 20 years from now, I think Foo Fighters are still going to be speak, spoken of at, at that level kind of thing. Everyone will still know who they are. I don't see news having that edge, I don't think. All right, good to talk to you. A lot of people getting on the Rubber Room Facebook page as well. I didn't ask you, by the way, Sammy Eggs, which way are you leading here? Oh, Foo I didn't Fighters? think you cared. No, Foo Fighters or Muse. Well, who you're you kind choose? of excluded. No, I don't know if I want to tell you there. now. just been so busy tonight with the Twitter and the Facebook page. Anyway, who is it? I'm going to go with the Fooies. Oh, yeah, fence sitter. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You I want to keep someone. my job. So. Yeah, there you go. So heaps of people on the Rubber Room Facebook page. Go to MMM Rubber Room and vote for who's going to win tonight's Battle in the Cloud. So here we are today having a, I guess it was a meeting of sorts. I discussed with Sammy X a couple of stories that had passed by the desk. One being the monkey in diaper attacks the Walmart employee. And that piqued a little bit of interest. But then I found squirrel with yogurt cup stuck on its head. However... When we found man rides horse into Taco Bell, we went, there you go, there it is. Horses and tacos make great punchlines. Cowboy Lathan Crump finished a rodeo last week. All he wanted was some Taco Bell, so the 19-year-old rode his horse into a Taco Bell restaurant in Texas for the ultimate drive-in dining experience. Now, his shenanigans made the internet, making him famous, and he shared on his Twitter account, the horse was hungry, so when we went, and apparently the cops won't be taking any action unless somebody files a complaint. There won't be any complaints, but there'll be a hell of a lot of this. You know where we go. Here we go. What's the punchline? Oh, God.
could easily have been the squirrel, though, with the yogurt cup stuck on its head. So here we go. And I know yours was brilliant, too, by the way, Sammy X. But I'll start if you like. So a guy, a cowboy, rides his horse into Taco Bell. I did have a couple, and I was going to go, would you like saddle bread with that? But I thought, no, I'm even going to go for an easier one than that, right? Okay, good. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. Oh, easy, perfect. Okay, but yours was excellent, and that's I'm suffering from a bit of punchline envy. Man rides horse into Taco Bell. Please, can I have some extra guacapone with that? Oh, guacapone. You see, that is genius. Yeah, I get it. You have to explain it. (laughs) One, triple, three, five, three. Cowboy rides horse into Taco Bell. What's the punchline? Pete. Would you have any horseradish with that? That's too good. (laughs) Steve, that was so good, I'll hear it again. And he wants some horseradish on that. There it is. Again. Russell, I don't think I need to hear it for a third time. Does this place have any horseradish? Right, that's it. No more horseradish. Okay. Bruce? Yes. Does this have anything to do with horseradish? <laughs> this clatter like can way. still solicit a laugh. What have you got? Hey, horse, what's with the long face? Dave, you're a bit late tonight. Mate, I'm out at Dubbo. In Dubbo, of course, they've still got traffic lights for horses. <laughs> Rocks up to the cashier and the cashier says, stop horsing around. And you know what? What? All the other customers were jockeying for service. Oh, bang. It must be you. You've influenced it. (laughs) Chris, what was that? What did you say? I can't hear you properly because you're... Feeling a little hoarse. There's your throat joke right there. (laughs) Hello, Ron. Hey, Phil. How are you, buddy? Cowboy rides his horse into Taco Bell. What's the punchline? What's on the main? Thanks, buddy. All right, let's leave it there. The horse is bolted. I feel as though we could have probably got a couple more punchlines out of that, to be honest with you. I think maybe there were a couple there that just kind of went by the wayside. Uh, you know? They were a bit samey. Yeah, you know, the, the horse was so fast it was hard to burrito. I mean, that's not great, but somebody said to the horse, is that your sauce? And it went, nay. Uh, the horse said, uh, leave this taco. It's not mine, and it's certainly nachos. Nacho, yeah. Yeah, uh, it could have won the... Quinella, but instead it won the Casadilla. Case, yeah, yeah, Casadilla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mr. Inappropriate, if you could do the honors, please. Pierce the hood, pierce the lip, pierce the tip. Never pierce the veil, though. Here they are in the rubber room. They here to play live, come rain, shine, or hail. Here in the rubber room, it's pierce the veil. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pierce the Veil Radio. Hola. <laughs> ¿Cómo estás? Aquí estamos. Can be heard on both sides of the border. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank you for having us. How much did the original stuff change from the finished product? Um, some songs changed. Some songs, mm-hmm. you know, were, the, were right off the bat, like, ready to go. But um, each song had to have its own story, you know, yeah. and I wanted each, each song to, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to tell you all about everyone and, and kind of have um, something to talk about with them, you know. And, and that's what we waited for, you know, kind of like every part was just like a different part of our lives. And that whole time was just a big time capsule of, of uh, the last couple years, you know. Yeah. Everything yeah. had to mean something. How did you finally know that this was ready to go? I think the last piece of the puzzle was just finding the last lyrics of the songs and stuff. The last of the record I wrote up in Seattle, I, went, I took a trip up there from San Diego and uh, lived in a hotel for a little bit, and, and I remember finishing the last of the lyrics, feeling like that was it, finished the record, recorded it. It was a great feeling. Great. Saying the last word. 
And last here we song. are. Yeah. yeah, we're excited. Yeah, that's just is... the cherry on top. I think we were just so happy to put that record out. No, I guess the cherry on the top would be being played on the radio as well. Because, yeah, well, that's know... a new thing too. Yeah, yeah. We're really excited. Thanks yeah, for having us. That's definitely. <laughs> like, we've been having a lot of "Hey Mom, We're on the Radio" moments. Where was that the first time? Can you remember? Uh, I would say it's yeah. always one of those things where people are like, "Yeah, I heard you on the radio," and you go, "That's great," you know. But you never really know until you're driving in the car randomly. You turn it on and you're just zoning out, and then they go, "Hey, you got a couple of boys from San Diego." Here's, <laughs> and we're like, "Whoa, this is fake." That's us. Yeah. I was like. That only happened to me one time, and I was driving home from actually like jamming with the dudes, and you know, and I, I think my radio station was on, and it just came on, and I like rolled my windows down. And I was, just like, <laughs> was that 91X? 91X, yeah. Right, playing, yeah well, I mean, stuff. what an iconic radio was, station, yeah. Man, I mean, you know? for us, it was like it's a dream come true. You know, yeah, having, of having friends and, and family kind of call you and be like, "Yo, you're on the radio. This is crazy," and I'm like. This is crazy. Grew up listening to that. Yeah. That Until you crazy. actually hear it yourself when you're in the band, it's like... Yeah. That's that crossover thing, but in order to survive... I think with this record, uh, something that sort of surprised us was we're used to just going out and touring and playing to like the fans that we've been building over the last like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And with this record, going into radio and doing new things has been a, a cool thing because it's like you feel like you have a lot ahead of you and new things that you want to explore and new challenges. And it sort of makes you feel like a younger band again. You know, you feel like, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, but in a good way. You know, yeah. you kind of mm-hmm. feel like you're exploring things. It's a nice new um, step for our band. And I saw you guys on Conan O'Brien as well. That must have been great. I'm like a huge Conan fan. Yes, I I even gave him my guitar after we finished the performance because he's a guitar player. Before they filmed during rehearsal, he like jams on a Strat and uh, and writes jokes on a Strat. Let me tell you how pro this guy is. He does his like all his monologue stuff while jamming and he's just walking around just like looking at the camera and being like, so Trump was in the news today. He does the whole spiel. Wow, is this like in the warm-up yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, it's like they're filming it and they're getting all the shots, you know, and he's wow. just kind of standing there playing guitar while he's doing his bit, like, yeah. perfectly. You're since, like, man, this guy is a machine. Yeah. He's yeah. been doing it for quite some time. So. And since that was our first TV, real big TV yeah. performance, we, you know, we wanted to thank him and, you know, we hooked him up with a Red Explorer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine it must be weird too when you've got material that's not actually out yet, and you don't play it, and yeah, they're singing was, it back at you. Oh, well, we, we we announced the tour before anyone heard the new record, so right, we we're okay. just like, I hope they like the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. We're going to hear the new single, which you're going to play for us as well. Where do you go from here, by the way? We're, yeah, the whole week we're going to the spa. It's going to be great. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get your toes nibbled on by those little fish. That if they have them, I'll no, they do don't. It. That's in Japan. But hey, uh, wouldn't you just do that? I'd fly over there right now just to do that. Yeah, stick your feet in the lake and see what. Happens. They but, want me to do it with sharks, though. They don't. I think they need it. <laughs> but imagine this: you put your feet in the water, and the fish don't want to eat your feet. I mean, yeah, you'd be I feeling that, really bad about this. Oh man, that's what would happen. Just belly I, up and float to the top. <laughs> dead fish, all of a sudden. I don't think I could take that kind of rejection. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'd Even leave. the fish won't have my yeah. feet. Yeah, oh, great. Man. Thanks, God. <laughs> well, thank you again. I really appreciate you guys coming in. Yeah, all right, brother. Thank Thanks you for having us. Yeah, it's good to be here. Let you go over there and set up one of the greatest acoustic performances from a rubber band. Listen to you, you're my heartbeat thump over the monitors you pretend to close your eyes. Pieces of candy and leaks of light. Let's conclude this with an overwhelming amount of votes, I think, from one particular band. Although, with tonight's Battle of McLeod, Muse versus the Foo Fighters, some people were very zealous about it. I'm looking at you, Dave Bat. It was Dean Bat. Dean, nice Foo Fighters t-shirt, man. So, out of all of the votes, did we have an overwhelming winner? Yes. All right. 
Was it any statistics you'd like to give me? I've got the statistics. Oh, okay, excellent. Come I found on. a website where wow. you put the numbers in. Oh, really? Go, yeah, I found don't it. Tell people so. that. So you did it because of the skills at math that you learned at TAFE. No, I don't have those. Right, okay. So into, what was the statistics? 70%. Right, and I think we know where it's going to go. But anyway, in tonight's Battle of McLeod between the Foo Fighters and the band that Sarah and I chose, Muse, there can be only one winner, and that winner is... The Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. I guess we really shouldn't be surprised by that. Thanks, everybody, that voted. We may find this a bit disturbing. He helped me. Go! No. The Rubber Room.